The touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. It's been 12 years in the making and the Lions are back. Get your tickets at rugby.com.au. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Uh, We couldn't start today's show really without wishing a happy birthday for yesterday to our very own Tim Hoare. And happy birthday, mate. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, it was a, a quiet day. Um, you know, had lunch with the family and all those sort of things you do. Yeah. And a quiet dinner last night. So, yeah. yeah. Looking yeah. fantastic for 39, Tim. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> I can't wait for my 40th yeah. next year. <laughs> when you say it was quiet, you had you had lunch and a dinner. Uh, yes. Were they both celebratory uh, lunch or celebratory dinner? Were you driving? Mm. Uh, no, 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 I wasn't. Um, but no, I sort of, I, I came back, commentator on the Rebels' uh, good win against the Stormers on the Friday night. And then... Yeah. 6 a.m. flight out of Melbourne, so 4 a.m. wake up. So I stretched, I think I went to bed at midnight last night, so I certainly stretched the day out. You've had a big day. Yes. Oh, well, congratulations. Happy you birthday. Get, you, get, you get those blokes sometimes that really extend their birthdays, don't you? Like, yeah. It's, just, it's one day, but they stretch it sort of two, wow. three, four days. I think you do, yeah, a week, You're really. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Once you get, around, once you get to my yeah. age, you're chasing. Honestly, yeah, there's no gap between one birthday and the next. It's <laughs> sensational. Uh, we've got plenty on the show today. I, look, I, I obviously trust implicitly our producer Liam, but uh, my trust was somehow put to the test this morning when mm. uh, from the grill team in, in Sydney, uh, producer Matthew walked in. Now he's wearing uh, running shoes, uh, shorts. I don't know if you know Timmy, there's been a half marathon on him. Uh, shorts and uh, the bib which said half marathon across the front and a number. Uh, and we're talking for a while and then Liam says to him eventually, did you run in the marathon today? <laughs> well, no, I just wear the bib uh, around the office usually. Is he just playing the obvious game? Yeah, Dr. Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> we have such a huge show today. We uh, have James O'Connor. James O'Connor is He's waving to us now. Yes. Uh, we'll talk to James O'Connor in a little while. And Michael Checker, of course, the Waratahs having uh, a last gasp win over the Brumbies, 28-22. Do get you some other scores then. The Hurricanes uh, went down to the Chiefs, 17-12. The Rebels, and we'll talk to James O'Connor about this, 30-21 to over the Stormers. Not such a happy tour for the Stormers. The uh, Sharks, too good for Western Force, 23-13. to The Crusaders, 23-3 over the Blues. Uh, the Bulls, 35, beat the Highlanders, 18. And overnight, Timmy, uh, the Reds went down to the Cheetahs, 27-13. Yeah, it was a good performance by the Cheetahs. The, the Reds, and we'll talk about it later on, but they were denied four times by the TV match officials. So they went down. Ben Lucas scored the only try late in the game for the Reds. So they had mm. a chance to get to the top of the table and have missed out. Yeah. All right. And I said, we'll talk to James O'Connor, which reminds me of, of social media. Just look, uh, uh, Dave, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the Twitter rant between oh, Dave Warner, Warner and... Uh, a couple of journos, Robert uh, Crash Craddock from mm. the Courier Mail. Uh, now, he's at the Delhi Daredevils at the moment in the IPO, and Crash Craddock, Craddock had written a story about uh, the spot fixing that was going on there. Mm. Now, Davey Warner, top bloke, plays great cricket. He's tweeting at 4am. Look, kids, just a th- nothing good happens at 4am on Twitter. Nothing, nothing good. good. It's like being on Danos Direct at 4am. Everybody's got an abdo, a, mic, a twist, or a steam mop in their cupboard that they bought at 4 o'clock. It and just doesn't work. And that's when you do your worst purchasing at 4.30 <laughs> in the morning. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And you're holding a kebab as you do it. <laughs> that's right. The, the, that abdo crunch, that will work for me. Plenty to come on The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. 
It's the Ruck for Rugby Union Live on 10, Tony. Indeed it is. Uh, all right, what's going on with the Australian Conference? Uh, we kind of shooting each other in the foot. <laughs> yes. uh, we, you know, we, we want to get a couple of teams up there in the finals. It's very, very close now. Anything could happen, Timmy. Yeah, it does. I mean, the Brumbies uh, sit on 46 points now and, and the Reds at 44, so both losses over the weekend. But the Waratahs now are staying to sort of move up the table. They're at 38 points, so it's all pretty close. So, you know, obviously one side's going to win the conference and yep. it'll be fighting for the last two. So, And especially when uh, Robbie Deans announces later on today the thir- 25-man Wallaby squad, yeah. uh, and those players will be putting cotton wool for um, three weeks going into the first Lions test. So there'll be some key players out of those. Uh, franchises that you know may, may turn the tables. It's interesting how you, you're right, Tony. How we turn it's turning out at the moment. We're, we're sort of doing ourselves in the eye, aren't we? We're winning. We're winning. Everyone's winning against each other, which is keeping the scores relatively close. You mentioned Timmy. You know, the Reds had a good chance of getting the top of the table. And I'm just wondering, is it is it sort of panning out like last year as well? Brumby's doing so well and just falling at that last hurdle because they have been playing some pretty good footy. But you're right, Timmy. This afternoon, two o'clock when the teams announced. And some players are going to be uh, packing their bags and going to camp. Frustrating time for the provincial coaches at the same time. That would be a terrible thing if that... And I'm not going to hope or even imagine that that would happen to the Brumbies because their faces last year when mm. they did do exactly that fall at the last hurdle was terrible. And for the team that has been all this season been leading the Australian Conference, that would be a shocking thing for, for, to happen. All right, let's just... We obviously will be te- talking to Michael Checker next, so we'll get some more detail from him about how well the Waratahs played. Uh, and we'll speak with James O'Connor. But let's start there because the Rebels, that was a terrific win, even though James obviously wasn't playing, Timmy. Yeah, I think it was important for the character of the team. I mean, Damien Hill, who's the coach, always talks about the Rebels, the Melbourne Rebels, and how they've performed. But the last three or four matches, they've competitive, been competitive against the Chiefs and nearly nearly won that match. But mm. it's been the last 10 or 15 minutes. But they were outstanding defensively against the Stormers. And a side like the Stormers, who we all thought Berkey at the start of the season would be in the top four, mm. uh, are now sitting uh, virtually out of the competition on 30 points. So they're, they're only fourth in the South African Conference. And they go back to South Africa, and they were going to have four out of their last five games at home. So they can still potentially get close to the finals. But the Rebels, to win that match without Kirtley Beale, yep. without James O'Connor, without Cooper Verna, uh, and a couple of other players as well, it just shows that the, the youngsters were quite keen to win that match. Mm, I thought Jason Woodward was quite good at fullback. Uh, he, he, he did his job. Uh, in the defensive line, did his job in attack, and obviously he kicked the goals at the same time. They got away with a, what would you call it, Timmy, a dubious 50-50. I was listening to you saying, well, that can't be a try because you've got to be 100%. All of a sudden, it went upstairs, they got the try. And I think that's the sometimes the fortune that you need uh, in, in the game. They they were having the, the rubber the rubber the green, if you could say that, against them in previous games. The 50-50s were going the wrong, the wrong way. And all of a sudden, they got this try and, and um, a penalty goal to finish off to put them out of sight. So uh, I suppose a bit of luck went their way as well. Yeah, that's the, the force. That's the other term. It's just just briefly looking at their season. They've had another loss. They're sitting, I think, just above the Highlanders on the overall table. Uh, because with the Rebels, you can see this season is beginning to be something they can go. Okay, we're we're now on the way. What do you make of the force as we sit right here, right now? Uh, Berkey, I think for the the force and Tony, I, I would say that uh, Michael Foley, first year in coach, they need, and I still believe the Australian Rugby Union needs to have a look at the Western Force and say we're going to allow you an extra one, maybe two international players for the next couple of years because uh, whilst it's a long way away from the eastern states, uh, we, you need to uh, give them an opportunity to have some extra players there because the the depth in Western Australian rugby is obviously not there at the moment. But uh, Kyle Godwin, uh, he's going to be a star of the future. But they're building a team, but 
they just will always be thereabouts. And, mm. and Berkey, you just don't know which Western Force team is going to turn up on the night. Obviously, some great performances against the Reds. Mm. Um, they beat them in, in, in Brisbane, and then they had a draw a couple of weeks ago. You just don't know which team's going to turn up on the night. 10-7 at half time, and you're thinking... Yeah, maybe, just maybe, they're going to go yeah. on in the second half. 16-3, though, in the second half to the Sharks. And obviously, in the end, 23-13 was the final result. But, you know, there, there were, you're right, Timmy, a, a couple of instances there where they just sort of let themselves down, poor defence, poor decision-making, if you call that. And that's having a real effect on on them at the moment. So, you know, that number zero or eight zero is so important to go the, well, the great, way. But, Berkey, the great thing about the competition this year, it's it's, it's actually quite even, isn't it? Like, yeah. anyone can beat any other side, uh, whether it's home or away. So... Um, you know, bookmakers are having trouble. There's a lot of upsets this weekend. Yeah. All right, and, and just quickly, uh, the Reds, you obviously, the festival of your birthday, which started a couple of days ago, Tim, uh, <laughs> would have carried through to the early yes. hours of this morning as they it played did. the Cheaters. <laughs> what did you make of the highlights of that game? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, the Reds were very unlucky. Um, Rod Davies um, looked like he'd scored a try off a kick from Quade Cooper early in the match. That was, was disallowed. That was, that was a poor decision too by yeah. the guy upstairs. So the TV match official um, has denied the Reds four times uh, in the match, but really the um, the cheaters got out to a, a wow. Pretty that's quick more lead. than Peter did Jesus. Fine. Yes, <laughs> denied it four times. <laughs> uh, that's like me last night. But um, um, <laughs> as much as you can go to the TMO, <laughs> you yeah. denied. But, um, as, soon but, yeah, as, you, tw- as soon as you start going to the video in the bedroom, Tim, there's trouble. Right? <laughs> there is. There is. <laughs> 27-13 was the end score, and Ben Lucas was the only try scorer for the Reds uh, the last couple of minutes of the match. So the Reds now, they go down to Cape Town and play the Stormers, which another difficult side to, to beat at home as well. Pity about uh, Timmy watching the game last night. There was every time he looked at the screen, there was three Cheaters players. There was only one. There was actually three Cheaters players <laughs> yeah, at the same time. Exactly. They're, all, they're always up against so the what, Reds. Yeah, why have they got 45 players in the field? What's going on? Waratah's coach Michael Checker joins us next on The Rock. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. And this is The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Uh, we will be speaking to Michael Checker and James O'Connor in the show. Now, Michael Checker, is my understanding, uh, there's a team that was picked. The Wallabies will be announced this afternoon at 2 mm. o'clock. Uh, but Supercoach Robbie Deans had asked the super coaches themselves to come up with a selection uh, so he could have a little look at what they come up with. He, uh, as my understanding, we'll ask him, he didn't uh, participate in, in picking a team that he thought should be running out there. What did you make of the idea? This, of course, was then leaked. The squad was then leaked to News Limited, so we got to have a look at it. Didn't include Israel Folau. Is this the the way to go for the actual Wallaby coach to be, you know, casting uh, around and getting advice from those coaches? I think it's a a good idea. The the poor form at the end of it was it it was leaked to the media, and the ARU have denied that it's come from within, and you've got to question who who has the most to gain out of it, so to speak, by, by releasing something like this. But, you know, why not? If you're Australian coach and at, at, at your disposal you had a World Cup winning coaches in um, uh, from the, from the Brumbies King, and yeah. Jake White. And Jake White, um, yeah. Czech, who didn't participate, so he here, was European you know, coach uh, champion there. Yep. Uh, Ewan McKenzie is a super coach um, uh, from Super 15 yep. from the Reds title. So why wouldn't you? Michael Foley uh, has coached a you know, number of years overseas. Why wouldn't you take them on board and, and just collate all the information and go from there? So uh, I think it was a good thing that, that he did, and he can make his opinion from there. Yeah, I think, Berkey, but um, the issue is, is, and I also think you know, it's, a, it's a great cause, but uh, the coaches obviously will um, look in their own backyard and, and, and select players that they think from their own team as well. That's, that's the issue with it. But oh, I think it's good from Robbie Deans. I think he's using those uh, coaches, their, their, their ability and, and, and who they should, should have picked. But also, it allows Robbie Deans to 
Uh, and what, what the selectors do, the Wallaby selectors, after every round, every Super Rugby round, they're picking their Wallaby test team each week. So that uh, for a player like Jesse Mogg from the Brumbies, who have played some really good rugby in the first six to eight weeks uh, and then has struggled probably the last two or three weeks, um, would he still be in the side? So they select the side each week to try and make sure that form is rewarded in those early rounds. All right, we can ask the man himself in a moment because Michael Checker, Waratah's coach, joins us right now. Good morning, sir. Good morning. You must be, uh, we'll get to that in a moment about that side, but you must be very happy with uh, what happened with the Waratahs. They played not only good rugby, but a solid and tough rugby to come from behind to beat the Brumbies. Uh, you'd be happy with that performance uh, in the end? Yeah, I think um, well, we held our nerve a little bit, probably at half time. I think it was probably around the same scoreline as when we played them down in Canberra earlier on, and that didn't, in the season, that didn't finish too well for us. So, Obviously, they're the top of the table team, and we wanted to play a certain way to make sure that we could um, try and impose our game on them, which we weren't able to do in the first half. But second half, we got around to, to playing a bit more of that type of game. Jack Berkey here. There was um, plenty of speed at the end of the game as well. Um, I, I imagine that comes down to a lot of fitness that you guys have done because they Waratahs closed the game off uh, quite well. Yeah, mate. Um, we have been training hard like this season, I think, for several reasons, not just from a fitness point of view, but also from, you know, getting the team together and mentally, you know, getting a bit tougher all round. And um, there's no doubt that if if we want to play a, a, a game where we're going to carry the ball a lot with the balls in hand a fair bit, we need to be fit. And um, I think uh, the game probably last week against the Stormers put us in good stead too because it was a very physical encounter and um, we were able to keep it together in the last sort of 10 minutes or so of that game and I suppose that recent memory would have been helping us in, in staying focused to try to close this one out at the end. Uh, Michael, Tim here. What about with Beric Barnes coming on the field? Was that your plan to bring him on at some stage? Because it looked like he really steadied the ship uh, with the team and, and had, a, had a really good platform to go forward. You know, scored one try and laid another one on. I mean, I just think, um, like, they, they had a, a fire going underneath McKibben and Foley in the first half. They had a they were flying up, they were putting a lot of heat around the rucks, and I just, uh, we couldn't get any room to do anything. And even though Rob Horn was playing quite well, we made a few breaks and a couple of offloads, good defensive, but I just thought we needed to have options, sometimes either side of the ruck or sometimes together, so that we could get ourselves back to the midfield and then attack down some sides. And so to have two playmakers and also a slightly longer kicking game if we needed it through Berry. I just felt it was a, the time to do it, you know, n- not to wait till later. You know, we, we were struggling a bit in, in the first half and it was the time to make the change. And he, he did very well, Beric, in, in the circumstances, as did Matt Lucas when they came on. I don't know if you've been teaching uh, any the training drills who involved the swan dive for the tribe at Bethams was <laughs> sensational in the end. Gee, he's got that down pat, hasn't he? Yeah, well, you know... Um, I wouldn't have been cheering now, man. I would have just preferred the ball to be down as quickly as possible, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, the longer he hangs, I've seen them dive <laughs> by that and the ball fall out of their arms and everything. So, um, look, I wasn't complaining when the trial was scored and he worked hard to get himself in that position. He did it. It was a nice ball from Foley and he did a lot of finishing there. So he was happy about it. And, I'll, you know, the team works hard. I want to see him enjoy himself as well. 
And check, what about the injury toll that uh, came out of um, last night's game? George Smith looks like he's going to be out for probably six to eight weeks and may miss most of the test matches um, for the British and Irish Lions if he was going to be selected for the, for the Wallabies. But uh, to tough plot it out, is, what's the report on him this morning? Is it a broken arm or we're not sure as yet? Uh, we're still waiting for scans back, but everything indicated to us just from the actual the, the incident itself plus how he looked afterwards that he had a, a fracture in his forearm. But, uh, look, we'll never know until the scans come out. We should be should happening right now, I think. So um, uh, we'll know definitely within the next hour or so. What about the old school jerseys when you, if you hurt your shoulder, you used to wrap it up in your arm and sort of, you know, put it down there? Yeah. The jerseys are that tight. <laughs> you tried to do it, you couldn't quite get there at the moment. So it is a new well, age, Check He's a new age. He had a, he had a decision to make. He either showed his guts or he, uh, <laughs> or he tied it up. But I think the vanity in the player made sure he just wrapped his arm around his other arm and did his best, you know. Mate, uh, Izzy Folau, the learning curve that he's been on this week has been a joy to, certainly been a joy to watch at his progression because he's turned into, you know, he's clearly uh, a wonderful athlete, but he's a rugby player now. Yeah, I think uh, last night they really tried to pick him out um, positionally. They looked to try to turn him into the corners often or isolate him so he had to kick or he he was out of position. I think they really tried to work. Even from the very first kickoffs, they kicked the ball always to him. And uh, and I think he handled, he didn't get a, a lot of touches on the ball until the second half. But uh, his positional play around, I think he made one little error in, in positional play at the back. But apart from that, Matt would know better than anyone that he was pretty much in the right spot nearly all the time and they've got an excellent long range kicking game so he showed a slightly different I suppose he's been that's been coming for him now over a few weeks more the positional side of the game so check if you were, uh, but it's check been if a you, pleasure for him to coach him you know he's been great but check if you were a Wallaby selector now um, obviously with Curtly Beal um, off-field incidents and he's in uh, some rehab at the moment and hopefully we'll come back in the next couple of weeks but where would you play Israel Folau? Would you have him on the bench for the Wallabies or would you have him in the team? If you had him in the team, would you select him at full-back or would you select him on the wing? Um, I, I, the reason I picked him at full... I, I don't... I know it's different at international level. Everyone tells me that I've never coached or been involved as a player so I don't know the, that difference, you know. But I think the reason I picked him at full-back is just because I knew he would get the ball a lot because they're going to kick. So teams will kick the ball to you. And sometimes if you put a player on the wing, there's no, if, if a team plays a hard defense or whatever, there's no guarantee that that guy's going to get his hands on the ball a lot. But at fullback, you know that the opposition is going to kick the ball to you and you're going to have a chance to set yourself up off counter-attack. And that's something he can do. Uh, I don't think that the occasion of playing test rugby because he's new would, would phase him at all he's obviously played in the biggest arenas in league and he's got that demeanour you know what I mean I think he's the type of person that given a greater challenge he, he can step up to it no matter what that is obviously by the fact that he's, he's had the courage to go around and play a few different codes and, mm. and he's he's put himself out there to fail and, and uh, you know he's He's in his third now and he's doing very well at it. So, obviously, I believe in him a lot because he's a player of mine, so I'm a little bit biased. But um, I don't think there'd be any... Uh, he'd have no issue stepping up to the plate if required. Mate, do you have a gut feeling about whether he'll stay in the game? Uh, yeah, obviously, I, I'm working hard in the background, I suppose, and I am quietly believe that he, he's going to be with us next season. I think that he wants to be there. It's just a matter of us 
finalising a few more details. So hopefully in the next week or so, um, things might come to bear and and um, he we would have finalised the deal so that he could stay with us. Jack, 2 o'clock this afternoon, uh, like all of us, we're waiting for the announcement of the team. And I suppose you even more so because you're going to lose some players. How much is that going to affect your next three, four, five, six weeks? Um, I think... Uh, it's just the way it is, you know. It's obviously a massive part of uh, uh, the rugby landscape for this season, the Lions. And for us at, at New South Wales, we're, we've, we've always looked at the season as getting ourselves clear around our identity and how we're going to play the game, getting back involved with our supporters and, and rebuilding the, the a clear picture of what people get when they come and support New South Wales. So... Yeah, like I understand there's points and everything on the line, but for me, that's the only objective out of this season. And if there's players missing, then that's going to be an opportunity for other guys to come and be a part of that anyway. Yeah. So, look, I don't, I know it's going to, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens and, and deal with it at the time, but um, I suppose that we've got to try and get it all, just the right balance together of them preparing and us staying competitive. All right, mate. Well, all the best uh, for the rest of the season and beyond. Well played so far. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. There is Waratah's coach, Michael Checker, with you right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. It's The Ruck for 10, home of the British and Irish Lions test live Mm -hmm. from June 22. And one man who hopes he will be pulling on a Wallaby jersey to play against the Lions is James O'Connor, and he joins us next. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. It's the Ruck for Rugby Union live on 10. And it's great pleasure. We welcome to the show a uh, man, a wallaby, and hopefully his name will be read out. I'm sure it will be read mm. out at 2 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, with the Rebels, James O'Connor. G'day, mate. Hey, mate. How you going? Uh, very well, thank you. Look, you've got to start these conversations with uh, asking about your health. Uh, you've got the uh, injury to something that I didn't know I even had, a sternoclavicular <laughs> joint. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, something like that. Um... Yeah, but to be honest, uh, it's coming on pretty well. Uh, hopefully, I'll be back uh, next week. Um, just uh, sort of, it's around, it's around your chest area. Um, just copped a, a few big hits, um, and then the last one on Rennie Range, it didn't help too much. Do you start uh, nightmares about Rennie Range? Because that was huge, wasn't it? <laughs> I've dreamt about him. It's not, it's not too good. <laughs> uh, James, Tim here. We spoke on the sideline on Friday night uh, before the Rebels game, and you were quietly confident with the Rebels, um, even considering that you were out and Curtly Beale's been out and Cooper Werner as well. What, what did you make of the team's performance against the Stormers on, on Friday night? Yeah, how you going, Timmy? Um, look, uh, I think they played very well. Uh, it was a very um, it was, it was a team effort, you know. Um, we've been working towards that since uh, South Africa. We made a, a little pact that, um, you know, it wouldn't happen again since after the, uh, after the Sharks game. Um, uh, like, to be honest, uh, I'm I'm speechless, you know. I'm very, I'm very proud of the boys. Uh, the Fort, the Fort Pack really, you know, showed their, I guess, showed their capabilities. Um, they played very well. We got those second touches in. And I think um, the young half pairing uh, played very well. It's going to be uh, pretty tough to get back in that team. James Berkey here. What, what's your role during the week? Then, um, obviously, you got to do your rehab and stuff. But, but you're, I imagine, you're heavily sitting in there doing video and the rest of the work and keeping everyone upbeat. Yeah. Hey, Berkey. Um, Look, uh, to be honest, a pretty similar role to last week. Um, like last week, I was I was involved in all training sessions. It was pretty much just uh, contact that I couldn't uh, do too much. So I've uh, I've got a deadline Tuesday where I'll, I'll find out exactly if I'm playing or not. But um, 
Well, to be honest, it's going to be uh, the same thing. You know, we've got uh, pretty much strategy tomorrow. We'll go in there and uh, suss out how we're going to play the game and then um, just go from there. Now, James, you would have seen through the week uh, the retirement of the great David Beckham. Now, he had yeah. some wonderful hairstyles over his career, didn't he? Are you going to take the mantle going forward? Because there was plenty of young kids, school kids, throughout the last 15, 20 years who have changed their hairstyle because of David Beckham. What do you reckon, guys? I think, it, I think I'm, I'm going to have to take that journey on my back and, uh, you know, just... <laughs> I've got enough for you. I think Robbie Deans will put a stop to that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's side... would, actually. Yeah. That side's named... i shave my head. <laughs> exactly, for charity. That's, uh, that side's named at 2 o'clock. Now, if you, do you have a, a dream about the number that you'll be wearing on the back of a gold jersey? Obviously, there's so the variety that you can fill is exceptional, but is there anywhere specifically? Do you want it to be the number 10? What, what's your gut feeling? You look too honest. I guess the good thing about it is, uh, well, the reality is, uh, the selectors pick uh, where you're going to play. Like uh, for me, I've, uh, I've missed the whole year of, uh, I guess, Test rugby, and um, I just want to get back in that gold jersey. You know, every time you wear it, it's an honour. But um, you know, look, I've been playing ten for the uh, for the Rebels, and I've been enjoying it. Uh, I guess for everyone, it's just you want to play where, uh, I guess, where you're going to put uh, your best effort and where you're going to benefit the team the most. But uh, at the end of the day, it's up to the selectors, and um, you know, I'll leave it to them. Uh, James, what about, can you give us a quick update on your mate, Kirtley Beal, and how he's travelling at the moment? Um, I, I can't actually. Uh, I haven't spoken to him in a, in a few days, but um, look, I'll be speaking to him very soon. Um, look, I'm sure he's in, he's in a pretty positive mindset. Take you back a couple of weeks, James, in that game when he came on for 38 minutes. Just how how good is he to play with? I mean, it gives, it gives everyone options at the same time, doesn't it? Kirtley's one of those guys, he's, I guess... Once in generation player like uh, he serves, um, you know, he just he brings that sort of ability to the field where everyone has just uh, steps up a level. They got confidence in him, and he just gives so many options. You know, especially when I'm playing at ten, um, you know, just creates a sort of well, I guess creativity where he's on the inside, he's on the outside, he's just talking, he ignites the background, and also uh, he gets his forwards running those sharp and uh, pretty deep ones. Mate, are you enjoying the uh, obviously the team thing with um, the Rebels? But Melbourne, the city. I mean, I, I follow you on Twitter, and I see you the other night had a great night yeah. out. Then you go uh, veal, rocket, baby tomato, and mozzarella. So it's a foodie <laughs> town. You've embraced the foodie kind of culture, haven't you? Exactly, mate. Uh, Melbourne's where it's at. Food. Uh, it's more not about finding the good restaurants, it's about uh, ignoring the bad ones. But um, <laughs> they, um, they make a great coffee down here, and. Uh, some good food as well. So I'm just off Chapel Street. Um, it's a it's a good little spot we can go Chapel Street like and do a couple of uh, hot laps. What about you, what about your future, James? Um, speculation of uh, came a couple of weeks ago about Brumbies and that kind of stuff. Uh, are you happy to stay in Melbourne? Is it is it treating you well? Yeah, look, I'm I'm loving Melbourne to be honest. Um, like we're definitely working on something pretty big. Um, but I haven't even thought about sort of my contract uh, renewal uh, just yet. Um, Right now, it's a sort of super rugby focus. I'm going to get fit back on the field, and then uh, obviously the Lions. It's going to be, it's going to be massive. Now I've got to say to you, uh, mate, at the top of the break here, we talked about your SC joint. Um, you got to make sure you get that right because what you don't want as a player is to be, what would you call it, anatomically imbalanced. Um, yep. One Tim Horn was known as Pigeon, correct, Tim? 
That's right. <laughs> yes, why, yes. Why was that, Tim? Oh, it was a long story because I think a big prop <laughs> fell on me when I was about 19 in one of my first games and my chest just popped out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you've got to make sure you get that sorted, mate. It's the only time his chest has popped out, I have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> James O'Connor, uh, all the best for this afternoon and uh, you must be so you. excited about that gold jersey, but the Lions, the notion of playing the Lions for, say, a young guy like you happens every 12 years. That must be front of your mind. Yeah, huge honour. Can't wait. Uh, you know, if I get selected, it's been it's been a while, but um, you know, it, it, I guess it's, it's very humbling. You know, just uh, listening to everyone sort of talking about throwing us in different positions. But if I get that uh, opportunity, I'm uh, I'm going to take it with both hands and hopefully uh, do my best. All right. Well, along with you, your restaurant reviews. If you could retweet us, obviously to <laughs> your 183,000 followers, that would be lovely, James. We'd appreciate it greatly. <laughs> 184 now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> Thanks so much, James. All the best, buddy. It's the Ruck for Rugby. Thanks, James. It's the Ruck for Rugby Union live on 10. This is the Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. It is the Ruck for 10, home of the British and Irish Lions test live from June 22. What about James O'Connor? 184,000 followers on Twitter. I mean, I, at my peak, I had about 153. <laughs> just take off the zero. 1,000, just 153. <laughs> That's all I had. And I haven't tweeted for a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about a uh, soy latte with a twist of lemon or something. No, exactly. So if anybody does get on and follow me now, they're going to be very disappointed. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed next, though. Timmy Horan is going to... Uh, we're going to wrap it all up. And, Tim, you have a theory about the resting of the players who have those gold jerseys away from the Super Rugby competition. That's next. It's the Ruck for Rugby Union live on 10. This is the Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. It's the Ruck for Rugby Union live on 10. Tim Horan, tell me, you, the voice, I mentioned the voice then, the television yes. show on the Nine Network. Are you actually going to be in the audience? I've got a little seat on Monday night, a little <sighs> present. So yeah. on Monday night in Sydney, I'll be in the voice there and uh, I'll be... I'll be cheering for uh, Delta's team. There you go. Right. When you say Delta's team. Well, just Delta. Just Delta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you are as shallow as a car park puddle. <laughs> Very good. All right. you, do you, apart from Delta, do you, uh, you have a favourite actual singer or it's just the judges you're in? Or the, should I say the coaches you're interested in? Yeah, I'm, my favourite's Delta. But yeah, there, there is one of the opera singers, the, uh, the guy out of the 10 tenors. I don't uh, know Luke, his name. Luke. Yeah, I reckon he's going to win it easily. Yeah, if that's down. the case, then he's done his other nine members in the eye there, really, hasn't he? He's just sort of, <laughs> see you boys, I'm better than you. No, I'm gone, yeah. yeah. He'd actually left the band. Oh, okay. Yeah, he'd had a, you know, irreconcilable differences, I think, at some point. Is that right? Yeah, band with ten people, do that. That's horrible, that's isn't tough. it? No good. All right, uh, let's wrap it up then, Timmy. Just before we get to what's happening next week, you, do you have a theory on, and we spoke to uh, Michael Checker before, about the you know, players are going to be missing from the Waratahs, this notion of taking the uh, Wallabies out of the Super competition for in putting them in cotton wool before the Lions. What's your theory? Yeah, I think now it's it's vindicated because you look at what happened to George Smith last night. He looks like he's going to be out for probably six or eight weeks and potentially miss all the, the Lions series. Yep. Uh, and then to laugh to half a plotter now but then I mean you do get injuries in most matches but I can see what Robbie Deans is doing for three weeks before that first test match putting putting his 25 man squad in cotton wool I think is a good idea because for Australian teams we, we don't have the depth of, of a New Zealand or a, or a Springbok team to mm. you know lose a Quade Cooper and put someone else in there I think I think it's a good option it's a, it's a shame that um, Waratahs players and, and the Reds players and the other players for Rebels and the Force who will be selected for the Wallabies don't get a chance to play for their franchise against the British Lions. But we only get one opportunity every 12 years to potentially win this Test Series. So, I mean, I agree with Robbie Deans. I think it's a good call. 
All right. Uh, next week, there's some good... And the Waratahs playing the Rebels will be actually... That'll be a good game. Mm. Yeah, that's on Friday night, so uh, down in Melbourne. And also, mm. the, a great game over in New Zealand on Friday night. The Chiefs play the Crusaders. So the Chiefs are on top. The Crusaders are sitting fifth at the moment. Uh, that'll be a great match. The Chiefs are, uh, are going to be pretty hard to beat. Uh, the Blues take on the Brumbies. So the Brumbies go across to New Zealand. Uh, Western Force will take on the Highlanders. And the Stormers will host the Reds over in South Africa uh, next Sunday morning early. And the Hurricanes have got to buy. But also, Berkey, uh, we must send a good shout-out to our good mate, Matt Giddo, who's playing for mm. Toulon. And uh, he's just won the European Cup final, 16-15, against, against Claremont. Which, so, but two French teams in it. So it's the equivalent of our Super Rugby. So there's French teams, Irish teams, teams all over Europe. And Toulon with Johnny Wilkinson, who's still, you know, still going a lot yeah. around, 33 years old. Fantastic and he he kicked them the victory 16-15 overnight. So congratulations, Matt Guido. All right. Well the Qantas Women's Sevens uh, finished seventh at the Netherlands event of the IRB, the Women's Sevens World Series. They're currently fifth overall in the standings. Uh, all right, uh, get out and enjoy your sport. Of course, uh, the big sport will be tonight, the Eurovision Song Contest. I think it's on SBS. Uh, the singing goes for about an hour. The judging is like the Brownlow medal goes for about four and a half hours. I hope there's an act as good as, I think it was 1998. It was uh, from Germany. Guido and his orthopedic stockings was the name of the band. <laughs> Sensational. And he climbed the stage and just played Glockenspiel. And that was it. Mm, sensational. And have you heard of him since? Not not one jot nor one tittle. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves. It's the Ruck for Rugby Union live on 10. This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show.